Hi, everyone. Dr. B here again. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ask the Dentist. Most of you are able to recognize who our guest is today. Dr. Stacy. thanks for joining us. Hello. Uh, pleasure to be here. We've been talking a lot and we are getting a little upset about what is being said on Instagram about flossing, which we're going to talk about today. We're going to kind of debunk a lot of the stuff that you're hearing on Instagram. And then in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about glycerin. We're going to talk about hydroxyapatite. What else are we talking about? Oh, xylitol. Xylitol. Lots of very controversial topics. We're going to try and clear it up. And again, you're getting a lot of questions on Instagram. So am I. We thought we would get together and and just knock this out and set people straight. Yeah. Not our listeners, (laughs) setting them straight, but the people that we feel are really harming our patients and our and our listeners, uh, giving them wrong information or misleading information. Yeah, social media is so hard to navigate now, and it's really hard to know what to believe and what not to believe. And I just think as providers, we have such a huge ethical responsibility to make sure we're getting the correct messages across. And you and I have spoken about this. You know a lot about this. Is There is the algorithm of social media and it's becoming pretty saturated and it's becoming pretty competitive. And I do think some of these more sensational out of nowhere statements are a bit clickbaity and fear mongering. And what does that do? Well, it helps grow your platform. That frustrates me. It really does. So but clickbait um, is a thing. It was it's it was a thing even before social media. I don't know if you remember on NPR, maybe about 10 years ago, it was Science Friday. Mm, I Ira, love Science Friday. Ira Plato loved it too, although I think he retired. And I don't know who the guest was, but they essentially were interviewing someone saying that there's no evidence that flossing works and mm-hmm. that there's no reason we should be flossing. And this was New York Times. There have been a lot of big, big publications that have talked about this. And they do have evidence of this. These are systematic studies, overall kind of reviews of other studies. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that there isn't a lot of concrete evidence that flossing helps. But again, the lack of evidence is not evidence in itself, right? Correct. And clinicians have been watching and observing people that floss and don't floss. Yes. That's evidence, right? Yes, absolutely. So what are we going to discuss today? We're going to give you, first of all, our opinions, our clinical opinions about flossing, but then we will break down the science for everyone too, because actually there is a little science. Our friends over at Bristle Oral Microbiome Testing took one for the team. They also noticed there weren't enough studies discussing the importance of flossing, and so they they took on the research themselves. But right. you know, there's common sense, and I will tell you, you know, I'm almost 18 years in to become being a dentist, and I will tell you, patients that floss, they they have less cavities, especially the interproximal or in between cavities, and also their gums are healthier. And we talk a lot about leaky gums or the integrity of that oral mucosa to not allow pathogens and food particles and foreign matter into our bodies, which can create a low-grade systemic inflammatory response and lead to many other issues like, you know, cardiovascular disease, and it can affect fertility and Alzheimer's and dementia. So you really want strong, healthy, vibrant gum tissue. And what's the providers that we are seeing on social media are saying, you don't need to floss. I don't floss. Flossing actually makes your gums bleed. 
And if you eat an ancestral paleo diet, you shouldn't have to brush or floss anyway, which is frustrating because it's just too purist and it's confusing to the public and it's doing a major disservice. So I think most most of the Instagram posts that I've seen bring that up, that if you have a perfect diet, ancestral diet, whatever that may be, there's a lot of discussion on what that is. Let's let's figure that it's a paleo diet, mostly meat. Then And then the other thing that they bring up is lack of studies. So, mm-hmm. okay, we've talked about the lack of studies. Harvard just did a review of, of all the studies and said that more is needed. Because yeah, it looks more is like, always needed. Right? Yeah, and, right. and we'll talk about the Bristol study thing. And, and again, remember, we never had the oral microbiome testing as, as good as we have it now. Mm-hmm. So testing was always very vague. I mean, it was based on how does the tissue respond to flossing? Are there less bleeding points? What are the pocket depths? And that can be a little subjective, but not with oral microbiome testing. But let's back to the first point. Okay, who's eating a perfect diet out there? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, essentially, they're talking maybe about avoiding fermentable carbohydrates, or let's just say carbohydrates in general. That's not realistic. I mean, especially when we're talking about kids or just society as a whole, you know, we're trying to create global health and not this 1% uh, really extremism with that is the carnivore diet and these really extreme paleo diets. It just isn't realistic for everyone. And again, as a provider, our job is to take care of everyone and to create strategies people can implement easily without becoming overwhelmed. Otherwise, it's really utopian. I, I just think it's it's kind of silly. But you're right. Not everyone's eating a perfect diet. I mean, you and I, we eat very, very well. I have spent much time with you, but we're not perfect. It's not perfect. No, it's not. And the thing that they're not talking about is our other factors besides diet that impact not only cavities, but gum disease, like your favorite topic, mouth breathing. Mm -hmm. So mouth breathing, it changes the oral microbiome. It changes the pH. It is going to influence your gum health. And so disrupting the biofilm, which is the sticky plaque on our teeth with either toothbrush or floss is really important because the longer that biofilm sits there and if it has pathogenic or anaerobic Mm -hmm. bacteria in it, it's going to wreak havoc. They release acid and they cause inflammation and that can have downstream systemic issues. So I was so frustrated by this because I'm working really hard to tell patients, I think flossing is more important than brushing. These um, days, not, yes. not saying to not brush, but we just haven't emphasized flossing enough. And I really do find, especially the kids that I work with, I'm pediatric, the kids that floss, they don't get cavities. Right. Their gums are healthy. They're systemically healthier because they're prioritizing their oral health so much. Right. So we're not talking about mouth breathing, which influences the oral microbiome. Gut health influences the the microbiome. You know, do you have reflux? Do you have nutritional deficiencies? And also our oral microbiomes and our gut microbiomes have changed significantly since ancestral times. We have different microbes now than we did 12,000, 15,000, hundreds of thousands of years ago. And there's so much data on this in the anthropological studies and specimens and so that's something they're not taking into account either. That could very well be a different oral microbiome that's evolved into that. And that is something you can't reverse in a day by eating just meat or meat and vegetables. So that yes. could be a big problem. And we really haven't, we don't have a good handle on that. 
our oral microbiomes are completely different than our ancestors. So yes. to say that, you know, we shouldn't floss because our ancestors didn't floss, that doesn't make sense. One of the dentists on his Instagram feed mentioned that flossing will cause bleeding. That uh, I know that set you off. It set yes. me off because we know in dentistry that when tissue is fragile, fragile or inflamed, I right. would say, yeah. The minute you yeah. touch it, it bleeds. We call that yes. provocation upon bleeding. We yes. have a term for that. Yes. Uh, we measure bleeding points and, and how often it happens and where it happens in the mouth. And actually, that's one of the parameters for if we were to do a study on flossing, how much is that reduced by flossing? In some cases, if someone has very extreme perio, I know some periodontists and myself as well, we would recommend not flossing because mm -hmm. the patient was so sick, but that's just a short-term thing. Yes, yes. So also yes. water picking. Water picking could be dangerous if the tissue is flapping, mm -hmm. very necrotic. You could get some water pressure in there and and tear the periodontal ligament, the attaching ligaments that pull the gum in around the teeth. So there are a lot of things that really upset me when I saw these comments on not flossing. And of course, it gets you hits, right? It makes oh, it very yeah. popular. I mean, it's the same as when we hear, don't eat kale. Kale is toxic. Right. Well, yeah, some people are sensitive to oxalates. Okay, yes. great. Yeah. But again, when you have a huge platform with a big following with so many people from different backgrounds and different varieties, I personally think it's irresponsible messaging because I can tell you as another provider on Instagram and on TikTok and on social media, I'm getting so many messages from people who are genuinely confused. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Stacey, you're saying floss daily, but this other doctor is saying mm -hmm. don't floss and right. that they don't, they don't floss, right. you know, and it's like, well, that person can do what they want to do themselves. But I'll right. tell you, I floss every night right? and I can't go to bed if I don't. Right. And also, like, what is your nasopharyngeal health like? So that there's different bacterial strains in your sinuses. Right. Those are going to affect your oral microbiome too. I think our point is please just floss. floss. Please just <laughs> please, floss. And if please take the professional advice, yeah. despite the lack of studies. But let's talk about that. So there is a yep. study. Thank let's you, talk team about the Bristol. Bristle. Thank, Thank you, team Bristol. No shocker here, but Bristol did find. So they surveyed. So Bristol Bristol's an oral microbiome testing company yes, out of San yes. Diego. It's, it's and they're amazing. New. And they, they are. are researchers doing science. Here's the other thing I'm going to say about some of these platforms. If they don't cite any sort of citation or research or reference supporting their claims, I would question their messaging. You should always back it up with either an NIH or a PubMed study, in my humble opinion. So anyway, so Bristle, who is oral microbiome researchers, very smart team, they said, all right, there's no flossing data. Let's do our own. So they interviewed and tested 100 people. And you guys will put in the show notes the actual study so you can read it for yourself. But essentially, they found that people who floss four to seven times a week had a reduction in the pathogenic anaerobic bacteria that cause mm. cavities, halitosis or bad breath, and gingivitis and periodontal disease, and also had more commensal bacteria and more diversity. So these are all good things. Now, they, of course- they also, have a, they also have a great study on tongue scraping. Yeah. preventing halitosis, which is basically the same thing. It's mechanical abrasion, flossing, mm -hmm. brushing. Those three yeah. things are very helpful for the oral microbiome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I mean, of course, the caveat is people who floss 
frequently maybe just take better care of themselves. There's always confounding variables. And also more studies are needed. I mean, welcome to research nowadays. Every Every article ends with more more studies are needed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 100 people is a decent sample. They have shotgun metrogenomic testing, oral microbiome testing that they use for this. So this isn't just a sensational comment made right. to get likes and followers. This is actually, there's data behind this. So It's very um, high-res data. The mm-hmm. best data we have out of any saliva test or DNA testing available to dentistry. And remember, this is rather new. I mean, we've known about the oral microbiome for a while, maybe 10 years, and now we have testing that can quantify that. So knowing which bacteria are present, which are not in terms of amounts and colonization, that is important information that we can use to garner better studies for flossing. Maybe the time wasn't right for flossing studies, but it is now. Yeah. And again, we can't have a study for everything. It's like, there's always the joke, we don't have any studies on gravity, but we Mm -hmm. all accept it to be true. I mean, this is a waste of money and resources to some degree. I I think when we Mm -hmm. have so many clinicians, dentists, hygienists, dental assistants saying, yeah, my patients who floss generally have better gum health and fewer cavities. Right. It just seems like a no-brainer. I know people want to be told not to floss. <laughs> Trust me, we would like to be able to tell you that. We would love that. But I want you to do it. And 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 if you find flossing is too challenging, water picks are great, especially mm-hmm. for people with maybe oral sensory disorders or just that physically have a hard time getting their hands in their mouth. We love That's water a lot picks of us. Too. That's a lot of us. Yeah. Flossing is very difficult to do takes a lot of coordination. I mean, what do you think of the concept that there really are not a lot of studies on something that you can't patent? There's oh, no reason oh, to do that. I mean, flossing. I mean, you, yeah. uh, ozone, hello. Yeah, yeah right, I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, so many things in medicine and dentistry, unless you can patent it, unless it can be a profit center, for sure. So for viewers and listeners, I would look at this new bristle study. I would also look at their tongue scraping study. This is very good information. The size of the study is rather small but there's more coming, but it's pretty obvious. I just want to end by saying, and tell me if you agree with me or not, to us, it's very logical because we're in the trenches. We've seen it. We know what works and what doesn't. We know that when someone is not eating perfectly, that the biofilm thickens. It's like a garden. The weeds start growing. And what do you do? You, you kind of dig up the weeds. You don't get rid of the weeds. You can you can pull them and throw them away, but the, the weeds will come back. So that's what flossing does. You're churning the soil and cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. You're giving it a chance to regrow properly. That's what brushing does. That's what tongue scraping does. We're just disrupting this biofilm that is out of control in most of our mouths. And flossing does the same thing. Bristles from a toothbrush cannot get in between teeth and break that contact. They cannot slip below the gum line. Obviously, a tongue scraper doesn't do that. So I would just say for now, I don't think anyone would argue that brushing does not have a therapeutic effect. Tongue scraping, we've got studies on now, thanks to bristle. I think just throw it into the same category as scraping and brushing for now. And Agree. just trust us. It's it's important. Just trust us. Yeah. <laughs> we did a whole podcast on it and looked for research. That's how much we care. Right. I will say, too, the other thing they're not thinking of is how bacteria is transmissible, mm-hmm. right? So you could have a perfect diet, but if your partner who you are kissing or exchanging saliva with mm-hmm. has periodontal disease 
or maybe doesn't have a perfect diet, so has a high strep mutans load, <clears throat> right. you could become inoculated with it. So I, I think my point of just saying, don't floss, I don't floss, our ancestors didn't floss, it's just too, it oversimplifies a yep. very complicated and layered issue. And again, remember, mouth breathing changes things. Your gut health changes things. Your diet changes things. Of course, you were saying, yes, avoid ultra-processed foods. Yes, right. Right. a cleaner diet is important. That's that's absolutely, we agree with that. But we need some biofilm disruptors, which that's where your flosser and your floss and your water pick and your toothbrush come in and your right. tongue scraper. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Interdental okay. devices can work well. There's a myriad of options out there. They all fall, fall under the same category. It's, and see your dentist regularly too. Absolutely. That, that's important. I mean, that's a whole other topic. I could argue that we are driven to see our dentist based on what insurance pays for, and we all should have bio-individually tailored cleaning plans. It doesn't necessarily need to be every six months for everyone, but just to make sure you're staying on top of things, go in regularly, please. I don't know if you remember, or or you did this in dental school, but in dental school, we were told for six weeks to floss only one side of the mouth and then to have other students examine the... Oh, man. Yeah. And however, here's the, here's the clincher, I think. There was a informed consent form saying that you will get gingivitis and you have to be okay with that. And yeah. a few of us tried to get out of it. Anyway, I, I think that's interesting. That was 30, 40 years ago. So we've well, known I mean, for a long time. I, I notice that if I happen to go on a camping trip or mm -hmm. something and I forget floss, you know, right. and I'm trying to like figure out how to make something from my hair, you know, because right, I right. feel so gross, right. but I get gingivitis too. Yep. Yep. And the f next time I floss, certain parts of my points of my gums will bleed yes. because I haven't flossed, not right. because I am flossing. And if you feel... You are flossing so aggressively that you're making your gums bleed. I would argue that's probably not happening. You probably actually have gingivitis, right. which is when your gums bleed very easily. Your gums shouldn't bleed. But if you feel that that is the cause, your technique, ask your dental team to show you right. proper technique. Right? Exactly. And awesome. of course, as you mentioned, not breathing through your nose properly, mouth breathing, that leads to it. You could have a cold for three weeks. So anyway, just in summary, a, a lack of evidence is not an indication mm -hmm. by any means that flossing is not efficacious, therapeutic, advantageous for your health, your oral health. And we have studies that link periodontitis, gingivitis, even just the beginning of bleeding gums to Alzheimer's. That should be yes. enough. I wasn't a good flosser until maybe 25 years ago. It wasn't in dental school. I was erratic. and mm -hmm. But boy, when when I saw that data. Same. Uh, exact that, same. I yeah. became a religious flosser. Right. And one last point. Don't you hate that saying where just floss the teeth? Only floss the teeth that you want to keep. Oh, I know. Does that drive you nuts? Yeah. How about, well, this is so how much about more floss than if you that. want to save your most important organ? Yes, your brain. Yes. Yeah, Preserve right. the noggin, everyone. So I hope that helped clear things up. We're not trying to bring anybody down here, but it is frustrating when you're out here fighting the good fight and then we feel people are chasing the algorithm. And so just be cautious with what you believe online and look for data. Do they do they include data? I think that's a really important way to weed out some of this. So definitely beware of the clickbait, especially when it comes to your oral health mm -hmm. and your overall health. That's a great point. So 
Anything else you want to add? No, just that to your point earlier, we have a few more of these clickbaity, sensationalized things that have been circulating around that we thought we would do some research on and discuss. So stay tuned for our fact-checking series. A lot of those things I mentioned, those substances that there's a lot of misinformation on, a lot of that clickbait or those sensational comments about it are used to sell products, yes. their products. And so there's <laughs> there's a little bias there and we want yeah. to take that out and, yeah. and educate everyone. So anyway, but thanks for spending some time with us today, Dr. Thank Stacey. you, Dr. Brahena. Flossing is important. I'm going to go floss right now. <laughs> I think I might too. I'm going to go use my new slate, slate electric flosser, flosser that you Which mentioned. is a little bit more than flossing. It's got the inner dental built in. Mm-hmm. Water picking is great. And we do have some great studies, by the way. I noticed in doing some research for a podcast I did a little earlier, it'll be it'll have posted before this one. And I know you know this, but and I was surprised because I was down on water picking for a long time until I saw the data. And water mm-hmm. picking actually has some good data points it does. on improving. It does. And water picking does the same thing that flossing does. It gets in there and disrupts things. It percusses. It shoots a little jet of water every 12, 13,000 times per minute. And that really works well. It's the same thing. We just want to disrupt a dysbiotic yeah. biofilm. And I that's what bo- brushing does. I do both. I don't do both every day, but I do. I mix it up. So right. that's yeah. another strategy. Exactly. Um, but anyway, until next time, we'll, we'll keep keep talking about fact checking ideas. And we will, when, as soon as that data comes out, I'm sure we'll, we'll get together and we'll post it on each of our channels and, and just keep the evidence coming. If you have any questions about anything like this, please go to speakpipe.com at askthedentist.com. We've talked about this on our website, askthedentist.com as well. And then finally, if you're not happy with the conversation you're having, maybe your dentist is saying, don't worry about flossing. I would think it's time to find a new dentist. Go to our directory. That is at askthedentist.com slash directory. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you. Go floss. That's what I'm going to do right now. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.